Hi there, welcome to Mosaic Intercultural Church, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I'm the Executive Director and Pastor of Mosaic, and I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Mosaic, you can find us online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com. special gift. Uh, Leroy Gibson, a brother who's been part of Mosaic for uh, quite a while now, coming up on a year and a little, yeah, coming up, yeah, so eight months or a year. Leroy is going to, to preach the sermon this morning and share the word of God with us. So would you pray with me as we bless him and get ready to receive God's word through him? Father in heaven, thank you for our brother Leroy. Thank you for the, the work of your spirit in him. Thank you, God, for um, the gifts that you've given to him. We pray that you would totally cover him in the presence of Christ today. Would his words be strong, uh, strong, strengthen, and strengthening for us as your church. Would you empower him by your Holy Spirit and protect him. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Is it in the morning or afternoon? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Uh, just before I go into the Word, uh, I'd like to tell you about myself a little bit, for those of you who don't know me, and tell you how did I come to Mosea Church. Uh, my name is Leroy Gibson. Um, I hail from Liberia, West Africa. Uh, for the last four years, I left my country, went to the U.S. for two years, and by the grace of God, I saw myself migrating to Canada. And of course, I love being here. And so one day while I was in my living room, I haven't been ready going to church because of the COVID season, I think you all know. And I decided to ask Google about a church that probably looking for an administrator. And Google popped on Mosea Church. And I'm like, wow. But what kind of confused me was the word mosaic. I thought it was something like demonic or, or masonic. So I... Um, I was prompted to go a little farther to research, and I saw the picture of Pastor Andrew, and I read the sermon. I said, no, this cannot be uh, something demonic, and I have to go through it. So I signed up for the interview. There was a position there, and I signed up. And when we had an interview, it, it just turned from an interview to more of a relationship building, and by the special grace of God, I found myself here today. I want to thank you, Pastor, for the privilege, and uh, I want to forgive myself for acting so strange in the church. Um, for many of you who don't know, uh, I've been in the ministry for the last 25 years. Uh, been married, had a frustrated relationship. God blessed me with three children. But I'm grateful to God. I felt that I probably had to deal with all the issues running in my mind before I make myself available in the church. And this was wrong. But I thank the pastor for giving me words of encouragement. He's visited me before, and I thank the church also for praying for me in a very special way. And today, by the special grace of God, I'm here with you. Amen? So I forgive myself, and I ask you to forgive me. <laughs> Let us pray. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you because you are a good God. There is none like unto you. 
be glorious in holiness and fearful in praises. Lord, I just commit myself to you, spirit, soul, and body this moment. And I ask, Lord, that you would just speak through me in a very special way. I pray for every listener that hearts will be blessed, minds to receive your word and a will to obey. And that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Lord, will be acceptable in that sight. Be my strength and be my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor gave me a couple of scriptures to look at, but I realized that the book of James was among those scriptures. So uh, my attention is drawn to the fifth chapter of the book of James um, and the 16th verse. I believe the book of James was a book that was addressed to Christians. So the fact that we are Christians here today, we must ascribe to the book of James. Very profound book. I want to be very, very brief today, and I will be looking at two basic things in the message today. I will be speaking from the subject, the effectiveness of our prayer. The effectiveness of our prayer. When you think about the word efficient, it's about doing the right thing the right way. All right? And that is something good we always do. But when you think about the word effective, it speaks about result. Like if you if you are sick and you you want a particular medication, I've been having some pain on my on my, on my chest. Uh, thank God it's going down, and I asked the doctor, and he prescribed a particular medicine. And by the grace of God, the pain is going down. Amen. So when you think about effectiveness, you 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 think about result. You you want a result of something. Amen. We we living in a world today that is so challenged, and there is no way that we can live without God. We need God ever than before, and God is always willing to hear and listen to our prayers. He's a God who answers prayer. But the truth of the matter is that whenever we pray to God, we want our prayer to be effective. We want our prayer to give results. And this is what James is saying to us, quite interesting. The fifth chapter of James, beginning with verse 16, that's just what I want to look at today, James chapter 5. Actually, um, when you read from the preceding verses and begin with 13, James is encouraging us about praying in faith. He said, is anyone, I want to read from verse 13 and I'll just talk on verse 16. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in field will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. And this is what drew my attention. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, if you read the succeeding verses, it says Elijah was a human being. Thank God it didn't say he was an angel. They said he was a human being, even as he as we are. He prayed earnestly that he would that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed. And the heavens give rain, and the earth produce its crop. 
I want to share with you today about, remind us about who we are, and there are things that we need to check up in our lives that will enable us to have an effective prayer life. The scripture tells us that we should pray for one another. And it's a very good thing to pray for one another. I believe the church will be far healthier when we pray for one another in family love for the sins that we have committed and all the things that we're going through. And I thank God for this church because every day there is prayer and very consistent with prayer. Sometimes I just receive those text messages on my phone. I say, oh, wow, prayer is really raging. Amen. And so I'm so glad that Mosaic is into the life of prayer. But James is encouraging, and he may mention that the prayer of the righteous person is powerful. Now, I want you to ask yourself, are you a righteous person? The layman definition of righteousness is right standing with God. Right standing with God. But righteousness is a condition where we find ourselves in good relationship with Jesus Christ. And this only happens by faith in Jesus Christ and total dependence on him. Total dependence. And so if you are not relying on Jesus Christ and you don't have faith in him and have that total dependence on him, you're never going to see yourself as being a righteous person. When we approach God in prayer, we must approach God as righteous people. Sometimes we feel condemned. Sometimes we feel embarrassed. Sometimes we go to God in guilt because of the things that we have done. But let's remind ourselves today that we are righteous. Our righteousness is not in ourselves. The scripture said they are like, they are not filter rags, but they are like a filter rags. In other words, we shouldn't be too religious about the things we do. So Paul let us to know that Jesus Christ, that knew no sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Was made sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God through him. And so whenever we approach God, we approach God in the name of Jesus. We approach God knowing that we have a right standing with God despite what we have done. This is a message, perhaps, of grace. Every time we come in the presence of God, we must know that God accepts us because he sees Jesus through us. But if you don't put on this kind of a mindset, you feel condemned whenever you get in the presence of God. And so this is the first thing I want us to really examine our lives on, that whenever we approach God, we should see ourselves as righteous people. We should see it ourselves, that's why they, they, as, as people who God have accepted already through Jesus Christ. The writer in Hebrews said, we should come therefore boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy to help in time of need. Why was that made possible? It was because of what Jesus did on the cross. After the crucifixion, history tells us that the veil was open and now we all have access to the throne of grace. We know we can pray for one another because there was corporate prayer, there was prayer of agreement. But we all have absolute asset to the throne of grace. We can approach God as a righteous person and know that God hears and answer prayer. He answers prayer. Tell the person next to you, say, I'm a righteous person. 
when you tell somebody the righteous, and most times I've been in ministry, they feel a little shaky. You know, the word righteousness has become a religious cliche. People don't want to see themselves being considered as righteous person. But the righteousness is not in ourselves. It's what Jesus did on the cross that gave us answer to the throne of grace. That's why I love Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Come therefore boldly to the throne of grace. Boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly to find mercy to help in time of need. Praise the Lord. So whenever we, whenever we, we approach God who is willing to hear our prayer, we must see it ourselves as people who have been imputed with righteousness. Who comes in the presence with the blood of Jesus. Who comes in the presence with the grace of God. Who comes in God's presence clean and blameless. Only because of what Jesus has done for us. Until this revelation, until this is sink down in our spirit, we may struggle with whether our prayer has been heard or whether it's been effective. Now, having been able to talk about the fact that we are righteous, there are some things that I believe we need to check up in our lives if our prayer life is going to be effective. I've discovered these things over the years. There are four things I want to talk to us about that we need to check out in our lives. It's a personal examination of ourselves. I don't know what is going on in your life. You don't know what is going on in my life. But as I bring these four things to our understanding, you may add on them, but I want you to just check them out because I strongly believe that when we examine ourselves in light of what I want to share with you, we can say to ourselves that we're having an effective prayer. And the first is found in Psalm 37, verse 4. Because of time, I'm just going to highlight this thing. In Psalm 37, verse 4, the scripture says, When we delight in the Lord, what happens? He grants us the desire of our heart. Sometimes we, we think that it's the volumetal of our words and how we cry and prostrate before God and God's going to hear our prayer all and how we prostrate before God. The scripture is making it clear in our ears that if we delight in the Lord, he will grant to us the desire of our heart. Now, to delight in the Lord is to take great pleasure in the things of God. Some people are only church goers. They don't ascribe to the things of God outside the church on Sunday morning. And they only approach God when they need something from God. You know, like, oh, God, I need this from you. But my question is, are you taking delight in the things of God? Do you find pleasure in the things of God? Like somebody would say, are you addicted to the things of God? That with all the things of God, you can survive? You just... You know, in, 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 in my culture, we say, are you freaked up with the things of God? I don't know if you're used to that word. You, you, have, you have to take the light. You have to have great pleasure in the things of God. It's just like parents having children in the home. And you have some of the children that don't want to pay attention to what mommy or daddy is saying. But maybe on the Christmas, you want to point out for something to buy. Pretty tell me, as a good parent... Which of the children are you going to look at? The one that paid attention to you in the house. 
I know God is merciful, God is loving, God is caring, but these are things in our life we need to examine. If we're going to experience effectiveness in our prayer and know that whenever we pray, God hears us and we just await the answer. It has to start with taking delight in the things of God. Having great pleasure in what God is doing and what God is about to do. So we need to examine ourselves in light of this point. Are you taking great pleasure in the things of God? Are you freak up? Are you addicted to the things of God? Or are we just a Sunday morning Christian? I believe certainly no. We should be people who are taking great pleasure in what God is doing and what God will do and is about to do. Because the scripture is clear in that light. That if we take great pleasure in the things of God, he will grant to us the desire of our heart. And the next thing I believe we need to check up in our life that I discovered over the years is our gratitude level. Is our gratitude level. Many times we approach God with complaining. Many times we approach God murmuring. And, but do we, do, 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 are we grateful to God for what he has done to, for us? Are we grateful to God? We look at the things that we have and we know that these things cannot really make us to survive. And so we come to God complaining and murmuring about many other things that we desire from him. But the question is, are we grateful for the things that God has given to us? Jesus gave us an example in John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, we know the story. Jesus was confronted with feeling of 5,000 people, men, Scripture says, and I know there were women there. And the Bible says there was a little boy who had five loaves of bread and two fish. But what did Jesus do? The Bible says he took it, he lifted it up to God, and all the Scriptures say he gave thanks. He gave thanks. He didn't say, oh, this is too small. He was not complaining. Teaching us a sense of gratitude. A sense of gratitude. We need to check our gratitude level as we approach God into prayer. We need to check our gratitude level. Yeah, um, I, I watched a, mute, uh, a song. Uh, you all sang this song here before. Um, Even when we can feel it, he's working. I don't know the guy that sang this song. But when I watched the video on YouTube, he was giving a testimony about his mom, and he overheard his mom pray in the room. Did you see the video, Pastor? He heard his mom pray in the room, and he taught the kind of a prayer his mom was praying was a usual one. But he saw his mom laying at the bed and lifting her hand to God and just thanking God despite that um, all the things that they need, they don't have it. But she was just praising God for everything. When we approach God, we need to approach God with a sense of gratitude. Thanking him. The psalmist said, come into his presence with what? Thanksgiving. Psalm 100. And into his coast with praise. And the coast is a place of judgment. And if you want God to vindicate you and judge your case, don't go with complaining. Go with thanksgiving. Come into his presence with thanksgiving and into his coast with praise. God answers prayers. Our approach to God should be more of a righteous person, and we must examine ourselves in light of our gratitude, in light of our great pleasure in the things that God is doing. 
The other day, I had to go to the youth program. I had to text pastor back and back. Like, am I supposed to go to the youth program? He said, Leroy, just go there and enjoy yourself. But what am I saying? Anything that involves the things of God, it may be music playing in your house. It may be another crusade. It may be another church having issues. You just have to take great pleasure in the things of God. We should not be too religious about the things of God. Let's take great pleasure in the things of God. Let's have a sense of gratitude. Examine ourselves in light of that. Another thing that I've discovered that we need to examine ourselves from is anxiety level. Yes, our anxiety level. Many times when we pray to God, we just want it sharp, sharp. We live in a fast track world today. Every time we want things to happen instantly. But we need to examine our anxiety level. I know many of you under the sound of my voice, you must have been praying for something that has not been answered yet. But we need to examine our anxiety level. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. He said, be anxious for nothing. And maybe if I were add, I would say absolutely nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God and allow the peace of God. Anxiety is not of God. You see, the enemy will always use anxiety to rob you of what God wants to do. And sometimes I've noticed that whenever you come to the place where you are so anxious about something, check yourself, perhaps it is not of God. In most cases, because God wanted to establish you with his peace before he can manifest his glory. Praise the Lord. Be anxious for nothing. Isaiah 28, 16, the scripture says, He that believeth will not make his. He that believeth will not make his. Nobody cooking the food on the fire is anxious for the food to done. You may probably want to get in the pot and eat it hot. You don't want to do that. Examine yourself, all of your anxiety level. If you're going to experience an effective prayer life, because God knows our heart. The Bible tells us somewhere in the book of James that we pray, we pray amiss because our motives are wrong. Our motives are wrong. And so we need to examine ourselves in light of our anxiety level as we approach God in prayer, knowing that God answers prayer and God hears prayer. But the most of the problem is with us. Are we seeing God as a gimmick? Like any time you can approach him to get something from him and you just turn your back? Or do we have that righteous relationship with him? You know, when you have a relationship with somebody, sometimes they surprise you. You just know that whenever you get to them, they won't going to mean you because of the relationship you built with them. Am I, am I communicating to you in a way? You have to build a sense of relationship so that whenever you're talking to God, you have the sense of confidence that this prayer has been heard. Praise the Lord. And finally, before I take my seat, the next thing we need to examine in our, in our life is what I call our fit level. Whenever we approach God in prayer, we need to ask ourselves, do I believe in the God that I'm approaching? The Bible tells us in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus went into a house and two blind men followed him. 
And Jesus asked a very interesting question to them. He said, do you believe that I can heal you? And they said, yes. He said, so be it according to your faith. I hear people saying, well, I'm just going to pray. If God hears me, that's it. Imagine the preposition, if God hears me. Of course he will hear you. But what they're trying to say, actually, if God answers me. God is in the business of answering prayer. Especially prayer that is in line with his will and his purpose. Do you believe in the God that you are praying to? Or is it just a trial and error? This is the question I ask myself. There is one thing about approaching God, and there is one thing about believing that God is able. Paul said he's able to do it and exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask of things. According to the power that's working in us. I pray today we consider ourselves not as ordinary people. Elijah had flesh and blood like you and myself. And whenever I sit down and think about the fact that Elijah could pray and shut the heavens and rain came down, great other men, it has nothing to do with your title. It has nothing to do with position in the church. It has nothing to do with how long you be in the church or what your gifts may be. It's about your relationship with God, taking pleasure in the things of God, coming to God with a sense of gratitude because, you see, God sees the heart. He sees the heart. Free yourself from anxiety, not being anxious for the things that you expect of God because God knows the time and he knows exactly when to bring it. He knows. He knows. Most importantly, whenever you approach God, approach God with a sense of belief. He's a supernatural God. We can talk about God because creation alone have explained him. He made the trees to wave the branches of sunset. He made the sea to roll. Wonderful is his name. And I really, really love that song. Every day I play it. Um, um, even when we can see him, he's working. Even if we can feel him, he's working. It's a, it's a sermon all by itself. I'm telling you. Miracle worker. Light in the darkness. God, that is who. Let's just stand to our feet and sing that song to the glory of God. Miracle walker, I'm his keeper, like in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are a maker, miracle walker, from his keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. If you're trying to know God, know him as a way maker, as a miracle worker. He's a light in the darkness. That is who he is. That is who he is. Father, I just thank you for the time of exhortation with your people. And I praise you, Lord, for your presence in our midst today. I know it has to be you and you alone. Thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
You have been listening to a sermon podcast from Mosaic Intercultural Church in London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to find out more about Mosaic and about the work that we do, please check us out online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com.